Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning, Father Randall Kiesel, coming live on Real Presence Radio. And I wish you many blessings here in this Easter octave. We have a great show coming up here this morning. And we look forward to having you with us as we go through the Divine Mercy. We have Divine Mercy Sunday coming up. We have that as our main theme going through. We have great guests uh, here with us here in the next two hours. So stay with us. And let's begin, as we always do, with a time of prayer, invoking the aid of God to open our hearts. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy his consolations through Christ our Lord. Amen. And let us ask the aid of the Immaculate Heart of Mary to open the ears and hearts of all the listeners and and draw souls to his own goodness. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Joseph, pray for us. And St. Faustina, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And as I mentioned, as we got started, we have a great feast coming up, uh, one of the great feasts of grace and outpouring of the grace of our Lord and his divine mercy. It's where our Lord's love meets our poverty in our souls, where he meets our suffering and our miseries and wills to lift us up in union with him to an experience and the divine sonship and daughtership given to us through Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so we're going to talk about these themes and how it plays out uh, through Divine Mercy Sunday and in our souls, the in the action of grace and the great mercy for our time. And our first guest this morning, we have Father Tony Robleski. Uh, welcome, Father, with us this morning on Real Presence Radio. Well, thank you very much. Happy to be here. Oh, great, Father. And and Divine Mercy is a great, awesome topic, perhaps uh, one of the foremost in our time, certainly here in the next few days, uh, but in our time of the Church. And uh, we'll get started first. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you are right now? And we'll go into well, the Divine Mercy Sunday. That sounds great. Uh, yes, I'm uh, a priest of the Diocese of Duluth. Uh, for 13 years, I was in Brainerd, Minnesota, the parishes in Brainerd, and then in July, I was named the administrator of our diocese, uh, uh, the administrator of our cathedral in the diocese, uh, the Cathedral of Our Lady of the Rosary, right here in Duluth, and also St. Mary's Star of the Sea, a downtown parish. Uh, we just uh, received our um, new bishop. Uh, yesterday, the announcement was made, so uh, we're... we're having many reasons to be joyful, not just for Divine Mercy, but we have a new bishop, so yeah, congratu- uh, thank goodness for that. 
Well, I want to say congratulations on that. And it's probably a double congratulations, not only that you have uh, Bishop elect Felton, uh, but that also may mean your life will be a little less hectic. I don't know if it's going to be less hectic or more hectic. We'll <laughs> see. This is the first time I'm a rector of a cathedral, so we will see. That's true. You do. You're going to be a little busy coming up in the next few months. But congratulations! <laughs> very, very Thank happy you. for the diocese of Duluth. Uh, it looks like a very a wonderful appointment uh, from our Holy Father. So, like it. so tell us about Divine Mercy Sunday. Uh, what What do you know where it came from, and and what are your experiences with it? Sure. Well, you know, my experience. I'll start with my experiences. I I was for a time the uh, associate director of the Shrine of Our Lady of the Snows from 1998 till 2001, and I remember a couple coming up to me back in, I think it was 98 or 99, asking if we would be able to host this Feast of Divine Mercy, and to be quite honest, I didn't know much about it, and yet my mom and dad were both born in Poland, uh, so I'm not sure how well it was known at that point. But through that experience, I started finding out more about um, them, Blessed Faustino Kowalska and the Divine Mercy celebration. Um, and then I had the great opportunity, um, once she was canonized, to go to Poland, go to her hometown, go to the International Shrine of Divine Mercy, and really come to understand uh, how wonderful this was for us, especially in this time of the world. Um, you know, our uh, Lord appeared to St. Faustina, and gave her this message of Divine Mercy, and especially to keep this Feast of Divine Mercy the second Sunday uh, of Easter. And really, the when you look at the Gospel for that particular Sunday, mm-hmm. that's the institution of the Sacrament of Reconciliation. So even before the Revelation, mm-hmm. this yes. whole time, this octave of Easter was the time where God's mercy was already being poured forth upon us. And then he gives this message to St. Faustina to emphasize that he really does want us to have his mercy, forgiveness, love. He wants us to be from sin, and even he wants us to be free from the punishment due to sin. And we can obtain all that with Divine Mercy Sunday. Yes, and it's beautiful that how our Lord worked that out providentially and has that gospel on the second Sunday of Easter, right there at Divine Mercy Sunday, the last day of the octave. Can you tell us a little bit more about how our Lord, because that gospel, um, our Lord appears to the apostles and especially comes to mercifully address or interact with the Apostle Thomas, uh, who we know, (laughs) we call him the Doubting Thomas. And can you go into a little bit, as uh, according to how you uh, um, will see that and perhaps even preach on it this coming Sunday, how our Lord interacted with Thomas's doubt, because he said emphatically, uh, you know, this will be Jesus' second appearance to the Apostles in the upper room, and St. Thomas was not there at that first one. And uh, now now Jesus very mercifully addresses Thomas. So what do you think about that? Well, uh, the Lord uh, doesn't simply say, well, Thomas, you missed out. You weren't there the day of the resurrection, so uh, you're out of luck. But rather he appears again uh, after Thomas says, I am not going to believe unless, unless I actually see him and can place my fingers into his side. Well, of course, then that second Sunday, 
he does appear, and he says to Thomas, first of all, he says, peace be with you once again, so offering that peace. But then he says, put your finger here and see my hand, uh, and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Well, then finally Thomas answers, my Lord and my God, and then says, well, have you come to believe that because you've seen me? Blessed are all those who have not seen and have believed. And I think with those words, uh, you know, we are the ones that are being addressed by Jesus on that particular uh, uh, day. We are all the ones that are blessed when we believe, not just that the Lord has risen, but that he's given this, uh, this uh, ability for priests down the line to be able to forgive sins and that he's pouring out his mercy on us all. That even though we might not believe someday, he's always constantly drawing us in, constantly welcoming us back, just like he did with Thomas. He gives us not just one time and that's it. Uh, He gives us time and time and time again opportunities to come back to him to receive his love and forgiveness. And all we need to do is to believe. That's it. Yes, that's it. And that's a, that one of the things that always fascinates me, and I, I never get tired of describing or discussing or wanting to learn or teach, is that way in which Thomas chose the path of doubt. He had all his friends there uh, who had Absolutely. interacted with Jesus and his, you know, presumably his closest friends and in, in the fellow apostles, and they all said, hey, Jesus rose from the dead. And they, 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 they ought to have been credible witnesses to him. Uh, but he said, I will not believe unless I put my hands in his side and put my fingers in the nail marks. And, but he, he willed to remain in doubt. And uh, I, I tend to think that, exactly. that, is a, that, that, is a key, that is a key connection in our, our time right now, Father. Can you talk about that a little bit? What do you see on that connection between the common willingness to choose to doubt the goodness of our Lord, to doubt his power and readiness to forgive, and the ailments that we see in our society, or maybe even among uh, our fellow Catholics at times? Oh, well, there's a lot that could be said about that. I think we're we're uh, a time in a society that are constantly... Uh, making the assumption that unless we have some particular experience ourselves, there's no one to doubt. We doubt institutions, we doubt people, um, children doubt their parents. Uh, it's, it's kind of epidemic, the doubt out there. There have been polls taken of Catholics that even say that the majority of those who are self-described Catholics doubt the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. They live is we live in an age of doubt, um, and that's why the uh, the mercy uh, message is so very important to us, that even in the last century, our Lord appears directly to Faustina, this poor nun, this uneducated nun, to be able to say, look, this is real. My mercy mm-hmm. is real. I am real. And so we need to be able to have all these witnesses uh, in the world Uh, that can say, I've had an experience of the risen Lord, I've had an experience of receiving Him in the Eucharist, and I've had an experience of Him actually forgiving my sins. And actually, also, we can't forget uh, the indulgences that we can have, or even the the punishment due to sin is forgiven as well. 
Yeah, so can you tell us a little bit more about that, Father? What about the indulgences, not only for this Sunday, but uh, what, what what can people expect for that grace? Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that, the indulgences? Well, that's where, you know, when we, when we sin, uh, we can always go to confession and receive forgiveness for our sins, and we should on a regular basis, but um, uh, the indulgence allows us uh, to also have that punishment, you know, uh, time served in purgatory, if I can put it so uh, plainly, uh, taken away. Um, if we go to confession on or near uh, the Feast of Divine Mercy and also receive Holy Communion, there's other things we need to make prayers for the Holy Father, etc. But it was actually uh, the Lord that said, the soul that will go to confession and receive Holy Communion shall obtain complete forgiveness of sins and punishment. On that day, the divine floodgates to which grace flows are opened. So we, as humans, uh, we do things wrongly. We can go get forgiven, get forgiven for them, uh, but there's still this uh, temporal punishment that does continue to add up. And through indulgences, through these, through these opportunities, those can be set aside, wiped away, and forgiven as well. Um, and on Divine Mercy, that's one of the great times where all of it can go away. Oh, that's great, Father. And if I could uh, reiterate, if uh, if I understood you right, that regarding uh, the aspect of sin, which of course offends our Lord's heart, uh, sin has two qualities that we have to deal with in relationship with God. And that The one, as you mentioned, how our Lord says, you go to confession, you can be forgiven the guilt of the sin. But then, right. the, then that second part, are that sin causes damages. And we're all part of God's creation. Our souls are created by God for God and His glory. And when we sin, we damage God's creation, we damage ourselves, and we damage others. And we have to account for both the guilt right. for our sin and the damages of our sin. And this is the fascinating part of the grace of Divine Mercy Sunday. And it, it seems to me it represents the full healing power that our Lord Absolutely. intends for all eternity, the healing from the guilt of sin and the healing of all the damages that have been caused by our sin. And our uh, so Divine Mercy is really like a, a, a foreshadowing of the, the great manifestation of eternity, uh, which is very beautiful. And we have uh, just a few seconds here, Father, before we go into a break. Okay. And um, uh, if I might just ask, is there anything you'd add on to that about what you'd urge people to do for the coming celebration and preparation? Go to confession. That's the main thing. Make sure you get a chance to go to confession if before or on the day, uh, because it's so very, very important. Oh, very good, Father. And we're going to pause here, and we'll come back. We'll pick up right there, right after our break. Stay with us. You're on Real Presence Radio. We have Father Tony Robleski from the Diocese of Duluth, and we're talking on Divine Mercy Sunday. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. In today's world, we are enslaved to addiction. I'm Father Chris Alar. Alcoholism, pornography, and drug abuse have become the master of millions of lives, maybe even your own. Addiction has led to countless deaths by overdose and suicide. So what can be done about it? Victims often explain they are searching to escape the troubles of this world, or they are trying to find a form of ecstasy. Unfortunately, these enslavers provide neither. The experience is only pseudo, a fleeting imitation of an authentic spiritual experience. There's only one true spiritual experience that can provide fulfillment, and when you find it, you will find hope. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision provides eye exams for the whole family and specialty services like vision therapy and custom contact lenses. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Moto Eyewear, which gives away a pair of glasses to a child in need for every frame sold. We are so grateful for your support and grateful to be supporting RPR. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio Live. Father Randall Kazel here at the Church of St. Michael in Pine Island, Minnesota. Uh, great to have you all with us. Uh, we're blessed to have with us this morning Father Tony Robleski, and we're he from the Diocese of Duluth, and we're talking about Divine Mercy and the upcoming Divine Mercy Sunday. Uh, great to have you here with us, with us Father Robleski. Uh, happy to be here. And where we left off just before the break, you, we were talking about confession and what you were urging urging our listeners and the faithful to do regarding confession leading up to the feast. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and the importance of that sacrament? Well, I mean, it's a sacrament uh, we believe was instituted by Christ uh, when on the night of uh, the resurrection, he gives that power to his, his apostles and uh, through St. Faustina, he gave the the message that if we were to confess our sins and go to communion uh, on the feast, that we would be able to uh, complain, obtain complete pardon. Now, uh, you don't have to go to confession specifically on that day. It's possible for someone to go to confession uh, uh, like around seven to nine days before or after. Uh, you're you're able to go to confession in terms of the indulgences that the church grants. It says doesn't have to be specifically on that day. So if you happen to be in an area that doesn't have uh, a, a big divine mercy celebration, uh, and perhaps you need to go before or after that particular day, you certainly can and still will obtain all the graces 
uh, that the Lord promises on that particular feast day of divine mercy. Uh, here at the cathedral, uh, we will have four priests hearing confessions for two hours in the afternoon. Uh, so those that want to be able to go to confessions on that day, you have the opportunity to do so here at the cathedral. But if you can go on Saturday, if you can go on Monday afterwards, or even days before or after, you still can obtain those fine graces. Oh, that's great advice, Father Robleski, and I, I encourage the faithful, wherever you may be, and no matter if you have a celebration or not, that you can receive these graces on Divine Mercy Sunday yes. by fulfilling the, the basic prescriptions and by having a celebration of Divine Mercy. Uh, if you do live within a reasonable distance, I do encourage you to go. Um, one yes. thing, I, know, I think you'd agree with this, Father, but from the priest's perspective, um, you know, do, do your best with an examination and be ready to come in and to, you know, proclaim your sins or, you know, accuse yourself of your sins in number and kind as best you can. And it's usually a very busy day for us hearing confessions. We try to hear as, <laughs> hear as many as we possibly can or until the lines end. Uh, I so, but it, it's a beautiful thing. I think this is giving new life in the sense of, of uh, our, an outpouring of our Lord's mercy. Um, so you can tell, tell us a little more about the, the cathedral in Duluth, Our Lady of the Rosary, and your divine mercy. Have you had any preparations that you have done so far, or, or what do you look oh, forward to on the day? Well, the, the great thing here is we actually started the novena uh, of divine mercy, and so uh, different messages to pray for. Uh, leading up to the Feast of Divine Mercy, starting on Good Friday all the way up till uh, the feast day. And we've actually been posting on our cathedral uh, website, um, on our Facebook page, uh, we've been actually doing the uh, reading of the various intentions that St. Faustina had for each of those days of the Novena, and then having uh, a video uh, of the Chaplet of Divine Mercy at that time. So We've been hoping that people would join in uh, that way, and then you don't even have to look anywhere else except just join us in prayer every single day leading up to that day. So there's that novena preparation people can do. And if you haven't been doing it yet, you can still do those intentions that St. Faustina had uh, starting even today. And then we'll have the Feast of Divine Mercy on Sunday. Aside from the regular Masses, we'll have the image... um, uh, there uh, in the sanctuary, and we'll have exposition of the Blessed Sacrament from 1 until 3 p.m., uh, and then at 3 p.m., the Hour of Mercy, we're going to have the chaplet in the sung form, so that'll mm-hmm. be quite beautiful, singing the chaplet, followed by benediction, and as I said, from 1 to 3, that whole time that the Lord is there on the altar, and we're inviting you to pray we also will be there uh, ready uh, and willing to give the mercy of God through the Sacrament of Reconciliation. So uh, this is my first year doing it at the cathedral. Last year, uh, very few of us could do anything because we are in lockdown here in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's going to be great to be able to pray with our people and celebrate the Feast of Divine Mercy uh, this upcoming Sunday. Yes, I agree completely, and I, I would suppose our experiences are similar. My experience here in the southern part of Minnesota, we had 
uh, wonderful responses to the graces of the Easter Triduum, and uh, right. we had we've had. You know, my opinion, people are hungry. People are thirsting for the graces of God to make sense out of some of the adversity we've been experiencing in the last several months. And and also to look forward. Uh, we we're, we People love to have hope. We want to have hope in that mm-hmm. uh, connected to hope, the hope of divine mercy is, is the trust. And trust is the virtue connected to hope because our Lord manifests his power and, and it gives us hope. And trusting in him going into the future, um, you know. Really, in the interview, Father, I want to pivot a bit. You mentioned you um, had been to Poland, and can you tell us about your experiences there and how how what that was like for you? As someday I would like to do that, so I was intrigued by that. Uh, well, I, I I've been to Poland a number of times. My parents both were born there, and uh, actually were refugees to this country after the Second World War. So. My family has experienced some of the worst of what can happen to human beings when they aren't faithful to our Lord. Um, and St. Faustina, she died what, just a, uh, a year before uh, the war broke out in Poland. Uh, but So it's, it's amazing the time in which this Divine Mercy message uh, took place. Uh, in Poland, you can actually encounter her birthplace. You can encounter the various places uh, where she was. You could go up to Vilnius, Lithuania, during the time she was alive, that was Poland, where the first divine image uh, painting was done. Uh, but then, in Krakow, the International Shrine of Divine Mercy, and the convent chapel, where she was actually um, praying, where she, uh, her, bo- uh, her relics are, her body is, you can pray there, right, in front of her realm. Oh. And oh. then uh, even uh, once a year, in October, on her feast day, they allow the public into the convent where no one uh, can go unless you're a sister, and you can go into what was her cell uh, where she died. Uh, so there's lots of uh, opportunities there. The sisters at 3 o'clock pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet in five languages, so one language for a decade, uh, and they do pray that one of those decades in English. There's so much to encounter there, and you feel so very close to St. Faustina when you have the opportunity to be there. And you can also go up north and encounter her um, her spiritual director, Father Michael Sapochko, who was beatified a few years ago. That's right. Um, and there's a shrine dedicated to him where his relics, are and also that's where uh, an order of nuns was actually founded by uh, Father Sapochko, uh, being obedient to what Saint Faustina was told. So, lots to be able to encounter there. Oh, that's amazing! Uh, that and what about the the original image that uh, Saint Faustina witnessed being made? Where is that kept right now? That is now in. Uh, uh, Lithuania, in Vilnius. Uh, okay. Before World War II, that was Poland, Vilna, Poland. She was in a, a convent up there. The Lord said he wanted an image. She talks to Father Sapochko. They find this painter, and she gives the instructions on how it is to actually able to look. Of course, there is that moment that she cries because she says the painting isn't as beautiful as the image that she actually saw which was Jesus himself, and yet that's the closest image we have 
to how she saw Jesus when he first appeared to her. You have those beautiful rays uh, coming from his heart, similar to the sacred heart, uh, the blood and water flowing from his side. Um, it's uh, it's a really a, quite a beautiful image, and you'd have to actually go to Vilnius to encounter that first painting. Yes, and it, I love our Lord's response to St. Faustina's tears and her uh, feeling upset that it the, the image is not as beautiful as Jesus looks, or it doesn't, you know, I think in St. Faustina's mind, it's not even close. Uh, but Jesus right. Jesus reassured her, it is it is not in the, the brush strokes uh, where the <laughs> image has its power, but it is in my grace. Uh, and Absolutely. then also the, that kind of mysterious uh, but truth, truth uh, that he says, I'd like to have every soul have access to my image. And so, and, yeah. and, and it's basically happening uh, that his image is being presented all over the world through yeah, Divine right. Mercy Sunday, the devotion, and and uh, um, so it it's very powerful. We have about a minute left here, Father. Any any last yeah. words on? either Divine Mercy Sunday or St. Faustina or encouraging our listeners regarding Divine Mercy? Yeah, the, the, the simple thing I would say is don't miss the opportunity to celebrate Divine Mercy. If you are anywhere near a parish that is going to have some sort of celebration, I thoroughly urge you to go uh, and to be able to experience it with other people. If you cannot do so, you know, you can always get an image of Divine Mercy, have it in your home, but most importantly, make sure you go to the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Make sure that you receive communion that weekend, and you can do the prayers yourself. You don't have to go somewhere if you're not nearby. But if you are nearby, um, you know, be together with everyone. And the last thing is that's very important, too. We also have to be missionaries of mercy. But we have to be doing acts of mercy with others. That was another thing that the Lord told uh, St. Faustina. So we have to be those who offer mercy to others and do acts of mercy to them, too. Very good, Father Robleski. We're very blessed to have you here this morning. Father Robleski from the Diocese of Duluth, and he will have a Divine Mercy Sunday celebration at the Cathedral in Duluth, Our Lady of the Rosary, between 1 and 3. I encourage you to go if you're in that area and or find one in your local area. Father, great to have you with us. And Thank coming- you. Coming up next, did all the martyrs of the Catholic faith die back in the early days of the church? Stay with us, and you're going to hear about a local Catholic martyr. Stay tuned to Real Presence Radio Live. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 